Welcome to the Big Self Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Prevost. And I'm your host, Shelly Prevost. We are the podcast for the Big Self School, and we offer classes, coaching, books, and media to help you live a more purposeful life. And this release is officially our last release on how you can find greater meaning and purpose in your life by tapping into your inner self-confidence and getting bold. So when we reached out to Molly, our guest today, we told her about some of our upcoming themes for our podcast. And she said, I love the sound of boldness since I am all about having it all in life and love. And I would like to talk about how to boldly move through making space for both without sacrificing the other. That is the trick. Molly Eliasoff is a licensed couples psychotherapist helping high-powered professionals across the nation to have the same success in love as they have in their career. Molly elevates relationships and marriages for government leaders, Fortune 500 C-suite executives, celebrities, media personalities, and many others so that they can stay focused on their life mission while maintaining their relationships at home home, truly having it all. Molly is also a well-known keynote speaker, online course creator, and host of the Next Level Relationship Podcast. You should check that out. Her expert advice has been featured in national publications, including Forbes, Forbes Women, and Thrive Global, and also many others. Molly, welcome to the show. Hey, Molly. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me. We're so excited you're here. This it's is going to be really a fun great. conversation. Yeah, you've got you are doing all kinds of stuff. It is really great to have um, to to found, find you and to to meet you. Um, I think one of the exciting things that you know you talk about as you accepted the the challenge to be on our boldness month was that you say that you do help people have it all. And I, I'm just curious, what are some strategies that can work to make it easier for people to truly try and have it all? Oh my goodness. What a great question to start with. I'm so excited to be connecting with you and talking with you guys because I was just telling you a little earlier, I like love listening to the two of you, the tone of your voice, the sound, and this podcast is just like so rich. So all your listeners are so lucky. So I'm so happy to like she break it down. Of course. Of course. Oh, yeah. Why not? So I think having it all is simple and maybe a little more complex or there's tons of stress strategies. And I'm sure we're going to sprinkle that in throughout, but you know, I think even just mm-hmm. a reflection of what you just said to me, which is like, you were kind of taking it in and felt buttered up. It's like having it all to me is this feeling of like richness inside. Right. And so it's not necessarily about mm-hmm. checking all the boxes, but how do we feel full? And I really believe we all have the ability to make a life that will make us feel full in the daily, even when we're in the process of getting to our dreams. So to me, having it all is not just giving energy to something, but feeling the richness of it. I love that. I think it make, it brings up our manifesto for me, that big self, like this whole concept of what we're talking about is when you are more in alignment with your, your own values and who you are and being a whole person uh, over and above what expectations are from other people. And so you, to do that, to have it all, you really do, it requires doing that inner work um, where I think so many people and probably a lot of the folks in your practice that you see. Well, I I mean, anywhere, most of us walk through life 
thinking that the point is checking all the boxes. Um, and then I think getting to that point where you're like, oh, this is it. Like this isn't really doing it for me. And so that process of helping people figure out, well, what is it, uh, is the inside out process. Right. We, we talk about the inner work makes the outer impact. So mm-hmm. I really, I like the richness of that, but it's still hard uh, to, um, to, to jump in there uh, and, and do it all. And I think it, it create it, you know, needs it. You need to have be bold. So to let do me, that. let me ask you this, Molly, how do you experience fearlessness mm if I can use that word, in sharing your own message with the world. Like take us through your process of, yeah. of what that looks like for you, um, being bold about what you're sharing with people. I wish you both could visually see me because I'm just freaking out. I'm so excited by the quality of these questions. <laughs> I'm just like <laughs> loving them so much because I think fearlessness was the perfect word. It's how I really feel. And I think it's one of the things that I've noticed in my life that other people really get scared and struggle with. And it's not Mm -hmm. that I have the superhuman power that I don't get scared. (laughs) I'm just like everyone else in that way. But I think even in this moment, right, I can choose to get really nervous about how I'm explaining something, how I'm communicating it, or just show up as me and give you everything that I have in this moment, like feeling full by just expressing what I know, what I've learned, what I've seen help people and how I can share that just with you in this moment, you know, and that is such magic to be, to be present, to be aware of each inch as it's happening can also help feed us further in that fullness too. Yeah. I, and I think, so here's, here's what makes me think about is these conditions we put on ourselves that something has to look a certain way or be a certain way, or I have to look a certain way or be a certain way in order to uh, almost deserve to be bold. It's like, so, you know, I love how you're saying that, like even right now, you know, the editing that happens as I'm asking a question or maybe as you're responding, like, like there's this fear of it sounding stupid or it's not enough or it's uh, too simple or whatever. But I think if, you know, being bold is, is embracing that and being like being vulnerable and moving into that place of, um, just simply saying it and expressing it that, that it's the whole package. It's not just the confident, but it's also the, the, the fear too has to come with it as well. Well, that's actually something that Molly does. Um, I've heard you talk about and, um, and write about, uh, so, and so what, why don't you tell us what, why is vulnerability actually so important when it comes to developing your yes. kind of inner self-confidence? Yes. Oh, what a great question. So, you know, as you're talking, Shelly, I'm getting this visual. So I don't know if you both know, but I'm a dancer also, like my whole life. I didn't know that. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's a passion of mine. It's a, you know, something I've professionally trained in. It's like, it's, it's my lifeblood, you know, it's like, it's really in me. And one of the things I always do is try and use my experience in a dance class, even virtually now to understand everything else in my life, to understand relationships, how I teach, how I coach, who I am as a human, how I can grow, because I always am looking to not improve, but really develop. And I love that curiosity like feeds me in life. And I love giving that energy to other people. But one of the things I've noticed the most 
is the people who are successful in a dance class, when I am successful in a dance class, and what I mean by that is start to develop a sense of mastery slowly over time, Mm -hmm. really are able to tap into the vulnerability of just trying. No one knows what they're doing (laughs) until they try it and do it. And they do it over and over and over again. They read more, they learn more, they give it another go. And that vulnerability is a necessity in order to be able to understand what fullness can feel like as well as to be bold. Well, and by the way, do you know the song um, For a Dancer by Jackson Brown? I don't oh, had to listen to it. Oh my you, goodness, there we go. <laughs> that is right. That is like, I think it's a 1974 or five song, but man, that is one of his very, very best songs for a dancer. You will love it. Done. I will definitely All look right. that up as soon as we're done. <laughs> So I love I love this conversation because um, it's such this it's the same the two different sides of the same coin um, that you can't be bold without courage for sure but you also can't really be bold in this like full way without uh, we can call it vulnerability I think we could probably put other to me there's almost like it's the underbelly it's the stuff that's most sensitive to me that I almost don't want to admit or both verbalize like that's part of boldness too and so my question in that um, it's kind of twofold like how one why do we why is it so hard for us two what kind of shifts can we start making to inch toward, that vulnerability a little bit more because it is such a big, scary thing to walk into. Um, it's much easier for me just to puff my chest and like, you know, be all, um, almost like pretend confident. (laughs) So how do we, how do you help people in their lives kind of take steps toward more vulnerability? Another fabulous question. (laughs) I love this. So let's go back to the the dance metaphor for a second, okay? So yeah, courage is definitely a word that has to be present, right? Fearlessness is a word that definitely has to be present. But when you're trying something, and I know not everyone listening has taken a dance class before, but when you're trying something new, let's just say in front of other people, it's scary, right? And usually, unless you're just like magically inherently really talented, it takes multiple trials and effort to like even understand Mm -hmm. it conceptually, like to build up proficiency way before you're going to get to a sense of mastery. And so you have a choice. You have a choice to just like stay in the unknown or start to like kind of build the swimming legs, you know? And I think it's really Mm -hmm. important to understand in terms of that question around vulnerability, what is scary about that for you? Because what's scary about it for me might be very different. Maybe I'm embarrassed to like get teased by other people. Maybe you're worried about getting it wrong, right? The ways that we limit ourselves is so personalized to our own story and narrative where we've been chastised or we felt ashamed. And usually there's like a thread of that that comes up in those moments. So to like step back and really understand yourself, get curious about yourself, what is what's scary about being vulnerable here can be so helpful in starting to declutter and reduce those feelings as you start to take steps towards bravery. 
It makes, yeah, I, I think about, uh, I'm going to be vulnerable here for a mm. minute. <laughs> so we're, we're launching this, you know, new business and, mm. and I've had several statements to Chad re- recently where I'm just like, failure is not an option. Mm. Like we are not going to F and fail. Like <laughs> I, I can't ever do that again. I had a, a spectacular failure a few years ago that was devastating and, and lots of different ways. So I'm realizing that that's kind of, I, I, we can call it an Achilles heel. We can call it, to me, it feels like a wall. It feels like this kind of psychological wall I've built that it's really hard to like put it down and be vulnerable. And it's, it's where I want to keep, keep it strong. And so I think, you know, I, I love how you're saying like, what's scary about it for me? What's scary about it for you? What's scary about it for other people? I don't think failure maybe is as scary for some people as it is for me because of, for whatever reason, my, my makeup, my uh, life experiences, like whatever, but I'm aware that failure is one of those places. It's really hard for me to be vulnerable with, um, in lots of, lots of different angles. So I don't really have a question there. It's more of a, just a a self observation. (laughs) Wow, she's getting you to talk, honey. Doing a little therapy, <laughs> she's I guess. A therapist. Yeah. Um, well, let's see here. Let's um, let's let's take it this way. So, Molly, you you've been, I think, on your website, you've taught, and and I guess even in this conversation, you're driven to help people feel whole from the inside out. Uh, so, could you yeah. tell us what well, what's your definition of of wholeness, um, and and how do you help people attain it? Absolutely. So, and I'm, I'm going to go back to Shelly too. I'm going to touch on both of what you said. So yeah. I, I think that there's a second piece to what we were talking about earlier, right? There's this fearlessness, there's this courage, there's this understanding vulnerability, and then there's the game. <laughs> and that might sound really odd, but there's the play mm-hmm. that happens in the game, our curiosity. It's like going way back to when we were little and we had these imagination games, right? When you were on the like monkey bars and you're like, don't, don't drop, don't go into the ocean underneath you. There's alligators and there's, you know, it's, it's wood chips. There's no, there's no alligators out there. Right? <laughs> um, but you know, in those moments we had this, we had this vision and we had this ability to dive in and just go and see and visualize and play, right? And so I think that in our vulnerabilities, understanding and unpacking, you know, what those are for us, how we start to change the self-talk, and also realizing that we're probably the only one thinking that way about ourselves. Like Mm -hmm. no one else has as strong of that like kind of intense knock in the back of their mind, that intense storyline in the back of their mind, except for us in our own mind, right? And if we're able to see Mm -hmm. all of that, then we're able to add in the game, the play, right? Okay, well, if I feel that way, how do I stretch outside of that? What else can I do? What else can I try? What else can I throw on just like splatter paint, you know, on my art to see what happens as a result of that, especially when I'm in the unknown, which ties right back into what you were saying, Chad, and what you were asking, you know, which is a sense of Mm -hmm. like wholeness and having it all, right? We only get to feel our sense of wholeness when we're willing to not only be curious, but to play, to get expansive. You know, literally my arms are stretched wide as I'm saying this, because there's Mm -hmm. a way in which we can only see the most of what we can get out of this world when we're able to go past what we can even see, if that Mm -hmm. makes any sense. Yeah. It totally does. I think, you know, I like what you just said. I, to me, wholeness is the, the, um, ability or the willingness maybe 
to feel it all and to acknowledge it all. Because I think we, we tend to cut off so many of our emotions or our experiences, um, you know, depend, depending on how we need to construct our own story. And so for me to say like failure is really scary and I don't like, that's to me, that's, that's wholeness is I'm, I'm willing to step into risk, start this business, try something new, but I'm also willing to acknowledge that I have a hang up there that that I'm really going to, I know that that's something I'm going to need to work on. So to me that I, that's really Uh, someone asked me recently, like, what do you, you talk about wholeness a lot. What do you mean by that? And I was like, you know, I don't, I know what I mean, but I need to figure out how to articulate that. And I think you just helped me do that, Molly. Like it is the acknowledgement of it all. It's the, the, a willingness to let all of that acknowledge all those experiences and all those emotions. Yeah. I, I love that. I absolutely love that. And I, as you were speaking, I was going back to, you know, the alligators in the water, I was seeing like a moat around your castle, right? Like, so you're in the castle right now and there's this moat with all these alligators and it's scary. And across the moat is, is this business flourishing, right? And so what happens Mm -hmm. not only when you acknowledge the vulnerability and the fear of the alligators, the acceptance of where you are and what you've already built in your castle, but what happens almost using like a solution focused therapy ideology of like, in my fantasy, what does the other side across the moat look like? What would it feel like to be expansive, even experiencing that now, way before you get there, can help you so much tap into being there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And almost it's like, we can't get there unless we can do that. It's yeah. like, I mean, we, we, I can't get to uh, what, what it all, what the bold kind of having it all looks and feels like for me, unless I'm willing to confront that those, that moat a little bit and like really walk through that. So I, I want to ask you this, um, cause you know, so, a lot of what we do is really help people rediscover their purpose. I mean, I think at the core of what big self school is, it's that. And I recently, I mean, I, we know Eckhart Tolle and his, um, you know, fantastic book, a new earth and talks about purpose. And he says that to be in the present moment period, that is our purpose. Like that is really all that it's about. Uh, secondarily, it's to live, uh, live in the now and to do just the right, the next right thing. So here's my question. So I I really love that philosophy. I love the idea of being in the present moment. It's simple but challenging. It, mm. uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> however, <laughs> for me, like that's not. Maybe it's the ego in me, but that's not sufficient. Like I want to do something beyond just living in that present moment. I want to make something that's going to have an impact. Uh, I want to have a legacy. I want to be bold. I want to move, move through my life with boldness so that I can serve and impact others. So how do you think about this? Like, how do you think about your life purpose and kind of balancing the being and the doing, Mm. um, in a way that, uh, feeds you rather than depletes you? Mm. Oh my God, these questions. So good. <laughs> you know, well, this is one I think about a lot. Oh, I just love great. to know what you, what well, you think about. And honestly, I love being with both of you. I feel very in the present. I think your voices resonate that your questions resonate that and the, and the quality of the discussion resonates that. So this is just like a treat and a half. This is feeding me all day long. <laughs> well, <thank you. laughs> of course, you know, I feel like 
I feel like there's a reframe in there. I feel like, you know, there's this idea that like the vision almost isn't the doing, but what if it was like, what if the ability to create, want to create this legacy, have a vision of what that would mean, how you would help the world is part of your doing right now, you know, and not just you, but anyone who's listening, like what if these seeds you're planting in your mind, this looking ahead is not about being ahead and in front of yourself, but starting to expand the limits of where you just currently are in your mind and then how you're, what you're producing. And by letting yourself go to the visual of the fantasy of the place in which you want to stretch or can even see to stretching too, you start to embody that by just thinking it, by starting to speak that way. And then the small steps become moving closer to that actualization of the vision along the way. And so Mm -hmm. like the boldness for me is, is the ability to first fantasize. (laughs) I mean, I can't tell you that's my, for couples, for people in business. I mean, this is why I work with high powered professionals because usually they're the people who are willing to stretch. They're willing to see past what everyone who is comfortable in their limits, you know, thinks or says out loud at least. And so I love being able to be with people who are willing to let themselves just fantasize because that's Hmm. where the magic happens. You know, when I say a cup to a couple who's been fighting, disconnected, sitting on opposite sides of the couch and I go in 10 years, you know, what does a beautiful Saturday, your most fantasized Saturday look like between the two of you? Right. And, and there's like, Oh, I I don't know. Like, you know, we have this dog. So like, maybe we'd go for a walk with the, no, no, no. What's your fantasy, you know, forget Mm. like what you're doing about travel and how the kids are doing and forget that, forget the living of the right now. What would the fantasy look like? Being able to stretch that far allows us to work backwards and then live in that boldness, whether that's around business, whether that's around inner self-development or whether that's around our personal lives and relationships. I love how you talk about playing. Like, you know, that the imagination, the play, that that's something that is so inherent to to all of this, like really letting ourselves like freeing up and, uh, let liberating our imaginations a little bit. I think that's a, that's a different twist to talk about boldness that I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let, let's see. Wow. I mean, there's, I think that basically, I think we, we've got a timestamp, what you just said right there. Cause that was, <laughs> um, there's some awesome excerpts. Yeah, that's good. Um, but you know, like a lot of people, Molly, they, they don't, they don't know their purpose. Um, it's, it seems like a never ending kind of struggle to, they, they know they're not maybe happy in, in what they're doing, but they don't know very specifically, you know, what their purpose is, what they're supposed to do. What, why do you think it is so hard for so many of us to find our purpose? Ooh. Yeah, this is a powerful one. And and I've had so many different shifts in, in my identity and my purpose. And I think that there's something, how do I say this? I really believe in our own mind, not in anyone else's perspective, it being okay with ourselves that that journey and that purpose shifts is the priority. To be able to understand that one thing will yield you to the next thing without needing to know. And so if you don't know right now, that's okay. Being able to just listen to what drives you right now is a good first starting step. So that might mean making sure that the bills are paid. 
That might mean showing up and just being attentive to your children or your family. That might mean, you know, really just trying to like leave the day at work saying you gave it your all. You know, if that's as far as you can get in your sense of purpose, it's a start. And Mm -hmm. it will eventually keep kind of keep you going. The second piece, though, I would say to this is, again, to go back to our discussion around limits and our own limitations and our own self-talk and belief system can radically impact our ability, I think, to be a visionary of our own dreams, right? All the, well, I don't know if that's possible. Well, no one like me has done that before. Well, everyone around me tells me that idea is ridiculous, impossible, right? I think it, it halts us from fantasizing and being able to get clearer and crystallized in what our vision is. Mm. Yeah. Awesome yeah, stuff. That is well, well said. I totally agree. So Chad and I talk a lot about boldness uh, and originally I think the concept was more about confidence. Mm-hmm. Like he and I were talking about, well, to be your big self, you really need this kind of intern inner chutzpah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And so, but, but it shifted to, to boldness. Um, and it can beat you can get beat down and kind of not even know it sort of like the frog in the boiling water. I think you can kind of just slowly, I, that's what I've experienced yeah. at times in work environments. Well, and, yeah. Yeah. But when we were first talking about this idea of confidence um, and, and the idea of gender came up a little bit, mm-hmm. um, there's a great book, the confidence code, right. Which talks a lot about um, in, in my other life, I'm an um, inv- angel investor in women led startups. And so I see so many differences in how men pitch their companies and how women pitch their companies. And I've coached women on, um, how to, how to show up in a room with more confidence, um, and yeah, to set the vision for their company, which is kind of what we're talking about. So I'm curious if like, how do you think about genders, gender roles, um, how they come out, like, what are we, what do we need to be aware of specifically? And I'm thinking, I mean, as a woman, um, you know, why do we get hung up on and letting ourselves be confident and bold and moving after our dreams? Um, cause it's certainly, it does look different, I think, than men. Would you agree, Chad? Oh yeah. I mean, I certainly see it differently. I guess your, your question is sort of like, um, can it be different? I guess, and- is it different? And then what do we do about that? Mm. Mm. So I, I mean, I I don't know if it's fair for me to speak to all of that, especially that last piece of the question, like, is it different? Right. I think everyone's individual story is so different and also like how they view their identity and how it fits in the world is so different. I mean, I think that everyone can agree that there's been a discrepancy in how the genders have been treated, you know, monetarily and emotionally, et cetera. Um, So I I think we all can say like unilaterally, like, yes (laughs) to that piece, but yes, it is a thing, you know, (laughs) it is a thing. Um, But I, you know, I think we're all impacted by our identities in a variety of way and how we understand how we fit in the world and how we understand what, what is quote unquote allowed in this world. And I think it becomes our choice. I was trying to think what musical it was from, like whether it was Annie or Showboat or something, uh, you know, that I can do anything better than you kind of, you know, song. It's Mm -hmm. like, there's this wondering of like, how do we in this world understand our identity, understand the possible 
um, dangers that could come to us by challenging societal norms around our identity? And how do we fully radically embrace what we want to do in this life to feel whole and understand how we're going to have to navigate possibly very tricky waters in order to do that, right? So being bold as a woman, and I don't know if you've seen this yourself, Shelly, even in your angel investing, but, you know, can sometimes be detrimental or we're told, you know, and, and so it becomes like, how do you navigate understanding who you are, how you function and the worlds in which, you know, you're pitching to in that example, you know, and so maybe becoming, you know, radical in your identity and feeling bold if you're a woman and understanding it could be detrimental to be bold for certain environments means you don't pitch to those environments. if <laughs> That's not who yeah. you want to be. Um, but I think to, to assume that it just doesn't exist for all of us is, you know, not fair either. Like we have to really understand who we are in this world, the pieces of the world we want to like f- be a part of, and then really intentionally, inclusively figure out where we want to be and, and how we can fully be bold within that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's some, there's some studies about, um, you know, pitching companies and how, you know, men basically, they have like, you know, half of their pitch deck done. They've not really kind of, they've not really figured out their business model yet or a business plan, but they're going in and pitching their companies, you know, with not everything done and they're getting more money where women, we have this, um, at least in, in this startup space, this, uh, really, I think, harmful view that everything has to be buttoned up, everything crossed and dotted and perfect, maybe that's the word, Mm -hmm. before I then have earned the right to go in and pitch my company. And so women are, uh, they're just, they're doing it less often because they're, Mm -hmm. they're just not as bold. And so, you know, I think that's the thing, like men are conditioned to be kind of halfway done before they're, they let themselves be bold and go in and, and, um, you know, make a claim where women have, I, I, at least, and, and again, it's generally speaking, but women tend to have this, um, risk aversion, um, out of fear that it's not perfect. And so I think that that's at least, and I, and I see it carried over across industries too, not just in the startup world, but, um, it's just, it's, it bothers me, I guess, <laughs> and I'm aware of it even in myself. And I'm trying really hard to kind of, um, get clear on that instinct of perfectionism and, and, and how to overcome it a little bit. Um, may I ask, ask her a question? Okay. Um, <laughs> because, like, let's, how about let's bring the genders together. Let's ask a relationship question. Sure. Um, cause apparently, yeah, you're, you're working with a lot of clients, um, and you know, you're, you're helping them visualize, you're helping them, um, tap into a sense of play to work, you know, find this wholeness. Um, but when it, you know, when it comes to relationships, you know, in what ways do you see clients maybe who shrink from doing the necessary work to live, you know, a bigger or more integrated life? Yeah, so much. And in, in now both of you had said, I feel like I have two different responses that I'm, I'm with both of you. Well, I'll see where it, it takes me. We'll see where <laughs> it brings us. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. <laughs> um, you know, I do think that there are a variety of factors that lead to us feeling like we're shrinking. And again, I am not someone who is um, not a piece of this. We all are. We all have moments where we feel like we're shrinking. I think it's my personal responsibility, not only to share this message, but to live the way I'm speaking 
to when I start to feel like I'm shrinking, expand. And it's yeah. not that simple, right? It, it does take a lot of stepping back. It takes a lot of reflecting on what's making me want to shrink. What actions do I want to do right now to shrink further, you know, to avoid the pain, the rejection, what could happen? And what would happen if I were to do the opposite? How would that feel? What would be the results of doing the shrinking action? Do I want that life? And being able to really reflect on, well, what would expansion look like? How could I get there? How could I get there slowly and safely and through trial and error, right? And I think it's so important that if we want to feel whole within ourselves, it's important to have that dialogue. But I think what feels safer for most people, because there's the lack of risk and fear, et cetera, is to shrink to feel comfortable, to shrink to feel like we fit into this world, right? To go back to gender discussion for a second, to shrink because we've been told, like even Shelly, as you're talking, I was thinking about, again, (laughs) the children on the playground. I was thinking about how, you know, boys are often, at least in this country, encouraged to go get messy, like go get dirty, like Mm -hmm. go run around, hit the ball, like, you know, get in there where girls are really encouraged not to, right? And again, these are societal norms and this isn't across the boat. This isn't everybody. But these messages really get handed to us very early on from the world, from our internal family, from our own self, from our schools. And it's what we choose to do with them as an adult that can shape the trajectory of our life. So we have the choice to be in the passenger seat of what has been handed to us, or we can get into the driver's seat and really decide that if we want to be bold, if we want to live and what do we want to paint as the life for us? Now, to go back to your question, Chad, you know, this idea of how do we do that as a couple, I mean, it's really essential to start thinking, like, what does expansion look like for us together? And when there's a yeah. difference in dynamic where one person wants to be bold and expansive and the other one wants to shrink, I found that that's when, like, encouragement and a third-party support becomes so helpful, Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember when I was practicing um, therapy, when I was a therapist, and I, I remember moments where I would literally shrink in my chair mm. because I wanted my client to feel bigger. Mm. And, and I, it, as you're saying that, I'm like, I, that is like, no one ever told me that mm. as a child, that that was my place is to help other people feel bigger or bolder, more important, but absolutely that's somewhere that is a story. That's a message that I picked up that, that I got aware of as a therapist. And now I can catch myself doing it just like through my day, uh, whether it's, you know, whoever I'm having coffee with somebody, like if I feel that urge to physically get smaller, I know that it's, it's that story that's kind of replaying itself that this, um, that no longer works for me. Like I've, I have, I have outgrown that story, but, but to be bold means I have to go through vulnerability and that's where I freak out. (laughs) 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 Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you're alone with that. You know, what kept going on in my mind was like, yeah, but to, to shrink is to do everyone a disservice. 
including the person right. you're sitting with. So even if you're, if someone out there is a currently practicing therapist, of course we want to be holding. And even if you're not used to being a therapist mm-hmm. and you've just been em- empathetic to someone in your life before, you want to hold the, that person's feelings. If you're in a partnership and your partner is crying or sad or stressed, you want to hold their feelings and not take over the room. But at the same time, you shrinking because of their reaction is only going to make them feel more helpless and lost, right? Being able to be expansive and shine your light, whether that's, again, in business or in that relationship moment, is what helps fuel the whole world to keep being expansive. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of strength in that. Mm -hmm. You know, I think my misconception was that shrink, you know, literally shrinking down meant that I was somehow bolstering them. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, you know, you know the age I'm at, I guess life experiences, like it's, you it can be simultaneous. Like I can be strong and bold and also empathic and connected and attuned and supportive. Um, yes. So that's just, you know, one of those things I think a lot of women I, I think are working through. Yeah. I, and I think though, um, so when we're talking about relationships, you know, if, if just change period, whether it's however bold it may, may or may not be, it's threatening, often threatening to the other partner. I would think, I would think that this is a very, um, for, in terms of long-term relationships, probably a pretty common struggle when Mm -hmm. one wants something a little bit different. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Right. I think we all have different visions of our life and and where we're ready to be right now and where we want to go. And, you know, I always think of, and again, I know you can't see my hand gestures here, but I think about a couple (laughs) being like one fist is one party, one fist is the other party. And then if we were to draw a big circle around both of those fists of your hands, that would be the couple bubble, right? That's how the couple exists, right? So in that couple bubble becomes nurturing that ecosystem just as in vitally important as both person's individual ecosystem. So like, what do I mean there? What I mean is like, mm-hmm. how do we really encourage the system to thrive? And that's even understanding that there might be an imbalance of courage. So that might be slowing down mm-hmm. and reassessing as a couple, you know, what's going on for both of you? Like the, for the person who's courageous, like, what do you see? What's your vision? How, how are you leaping that far? How are you able to feel the bravery to get there? Right. And for the person who's shrinking, being able to tap into well, like what feels fearful right now? Is it fear? Is it sadness? Is it disbelief in your ability to do that? Like what's happening on the inside out and what do you need or to, to move forward? But also what do you want? Cause there's a chance that that person who feels limited wants to stay limited. And that's also got to be mm-hmm. their prerogative and their call. Yeah. And that's hard. Right. When they coming at it from two different, you know, very different kind of uh, scripts or expectations. Like I I just did a um, a, a systems theory class last Friday. It was all about like Bowen, Murray Bowen, who's a family systems therapist, um, you know, all about the system work and how we're all achieving this homeostasis. And that if, you know, one partner gets kind of out of that stasis or one family member, then it really challenges all of us to reassess and reassemble. I think, you know, with that, you know, as, as the couple's work that you do, and you're already talking about this a little bit, but um, like, what would you encourage people listening who are in that imbalance, who are kind of maybe struggling with how do I identify and then communicate what I want in this 
partnership or in this family, um, what are some of those skills that you could, maybe those practical takeaways that you could help people kind of leave with? A hundred percent. So I, I think that if you're struggling with how to approach that dialogue, you're feeling the imbalance and you're not sure what to do. It's really important. I always suggest starting with a self date, really like starting with this conversation just with yourself. You know, what do you want? Where are you currently at? What does life next look like for you? How does it feel when your partner's not mirroring that? What's difficult about accessing your partner right now? Are you afraid of something? Is there a limitation there of how they're going to respond or not respond? Have they told you already that your vision is not what they see and there's conflict and you're not sure what to do? Getting a really clear assessment of where you're at and then what's scary for you to move forward in the dialogue is so crucial before you even start the conversation with your partner. I always mm-hmm. think about it like um, if you've ever, and I know most of us are business owners, so you may not have had this uh, at, at some point in your life, but if you've ever had to go into a boss's office to ask for a raise, or if you've ever had to go into, let's say, a board meeting to negotiate the lift of your salary, you mm-hmm. want to ideally think about what you want ahead of time. <laughs> you know, like you don't really want to walk into the room being like, uh, hi, I want more money. Because if you're right. that vague, you're, you're probably not yeah. going to get ideally what you want, right? There's a whole negotiation process. Process. So for you to feel fulfilled is to really get a clear vision, again, fantas- like fantasizing again about what you want and then how to work backwards to be able to get there. So again, if you're in that imbalance in your relationship, starting with this like decompression of self is really essential. And then being able to figure out in your own relational dynamics, what is the safe place for this discussion? Do you guys have a weekly meeting? Do you like to have a calm, quiet breakfast and then start to talk sometimes about the more challenging topics? And if there's ways in which you're stuck in that, again, this is where having a person, a workshop, a class, a book to catapult that awkwardness can be so helpful just so people can learn and couples can learn how to play again. That those moments don't have to feel like tense and really rigid and really uncomfortable, but rather it can be play between the two of you. You can have the sense of artistry together to like build this vision of your future, even if you're not ready to both expand yet. Yeah. I've heard Hmm. that talked about as like the third object, you know, Hmm. because that, you know, triangulation we often hear about in this unhealthy way, but it can also like destabilize like two part, two systems, much like our political system right now, <laughs> you know, having a third kind of object to just to kind of um, catalyze some new conversations and going back to that idea of play, which I love that you've that you've brought that up today. Yeah, um, yeah, Molly, the, and you know what what I love about what you have been sharing with our audience is I do feel a sense of, of confidence and, and boldness from you, but it does, it does feel authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really appreciate what you have been sharing. Um, and the way you've shared it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's yeah. a good model for people, you know, you can be, you be, you can be both like there is this kind of gentle empathic part of you, that quality, but also, um, assertiveness to be able to say what you mean and go after those things you want in your life. Aww. So that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's awesome. There's been that's a lot a of, a lot a of clarity here. Um, you, you, you must have your own podcast. You're really good at this. <laughs> 
<laughs> you guys are the sweetest. I feel so seen right now. Thank you for that. I really appreciate it. I do have my own podcast. Anyone can tune in on Spotify or, or Apple. It's called Next Level Relationships, all about, again, the expansiveness of relationships. You know, I, I keep thinking about this, so I have to share it with you because you guys have just let me free flow and be me so much today, and I'm so grateful for that. I, so let me go back to ballet for just a minute. So I have this ballet yeah. teacher who's, I don't know, maybe four foot two. Like she's a, she's a tiny, tiny woman, but she's the most expansive human I've ever met in my entire life. Yeah. And this, this short statured woman continues to say, as she's standing really tall on her tippy toes, I am chewing gum. And so, you know, being able to understand what she's trying to describe here is a sense of like, even within your own self, there's an ability to expand outside of yourself and grow you even more. The little tiny piece of gum can become foot long if you stretch it long enough, right? And so I think there's this beauty of being ourselves, understanding who we are, and being willing to grow and grow beyond that with total acceptance that we may not know where we're going or how much we're growing. That, and that wow. is the definition of big self. Like that's yeah. it. That sums it up perfectly and beautifully. So Molly, tell us how people can get in touch with you beyond, besides your podcast, which I want everybody to check out, but where else can they find you? For sure. So anyone can find me on Instagram. It's Molly Eliasoff, M-O-L-L-I-E-E-L-I-A-S-O-F, like Frank, or you can just type in NYC relationship expert. Come find me, DM me. I, I don't know when this is airing. We're going to be doing a, a workshop soon to start to like learn some of these couple techniques that I've been talking about today. So I, I'm really just excited to kind of connect with you and hear more of what you need so that I can keep showing up. Awesome. That's awesome. Well, we would love to have you on again down the road. This has been great. Uh, For sure. This was a pleasure and a half. I would be happy to. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, It was a gift having you here and all your wisdom and um, we just loved it. Thank you. Thanks guys. Thanks Molly. Thanks for tuning in to the Big Self Podcast. At the Big Self School, we want you to connect with the world in a way that's meaningful. And to do that, you need a community that supports you as you rediscover your purpose and resources to help you along the way. So we're here to help with that. We offer books, workshops, and group coaching to help you rediscover your big self. We hope you'll check out our gratitude challenge this month, the month of November, at bigselfschool.com slash gratitude. We will see you in our next episode.